You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. On this week's episode, podcast advertising's year-on-year growth, end-of-year list from Apple, NBA's soft entry into podcasting, the best of the best podcast networks, and are we getting less creative? Stocks, podcasting advertising, we've got a benchmark report for Q4 2022 that's out. Yes, this is from Podsites. Basically, in a nutshell, we are seeing increases in conversion rates across visitors, purchases, and leads. It's all trending up for podcasting. That's great. This is the sort of stuff that we like to see, I think. Totally. So here's a key beat. The average visitor conversion rate this quarter is 1.31%. When you look at it like that, it's pretty low. It's pretty low, yeah. but I mean, if you compare that to you know digital display advertising or any other sort of like digital mediums, it's fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's an increase of 19% compared to the average conversion rate of Q3 2022, mm-hmm. uh, which was 1.17%. So we're going up. The average purchase conversion rate also increased this quarter from 0.044% compared to 0.0. 0.37%. And basically, the quarter's average lead conversion rate reached an all-time high at 0.11% compared to the last four quarterly reports. So look, podcast advertisers continue to see the highest conversion rate, an average of 1.43% when they target two to four publishers or networks. So it's saying go broad, mm-hmm. um, sow your oats wide. Yeah, that's right. And it, it'll be beneficial to you. Don't just go with one network, brand, podcast. Uh, and even though the average visitor conversion rate for all post-roll ads increased 19% this quarter, pre-roll's where it's at, yeah. 1.15% conversion. And that continues to outperform both mid-roll, 1.06%, and post-roll at 0.99% ads. So, look, the money's up front. Yeah. Uh, it used to be the mid-rolls were seen as being the valuable ones because everyone skips the ones at the top. Uh-huh. But I think everyone's got so savvy and so reflexive, I think, at skipping ads. Yeah. Mid-roll and also pre-rolls getting the most listens. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've uh, listening to a show on the Guardian. Uh, full story. I think I've referenced that before. But what they do is they've got you know ads up the top, and then they'll do a small introduction on what's happening in the episode. Cut to a quick another ad or two, and then get into it. So it's this kind of like it's hidden. It's hidden there. So you, you've committed to listening. You've put the phone back in your pocket, and then suddenly you've got another set of ads coming through. So. Yeah, there's some tricky little ways to do it if you want and still get that up top position but really get the efficacy of the ads. I think when Rogan started out, that was his key thing. I'll bump seven minutes of ads, nine minutes of ads at the beginning and then I just want the conversation to flow. I don't want it broken up. But now it does get broken up a little bit Uh because he's got no ads at the top. Well, I've I've heard, I haven't listened to him much lately but I know that that was one of the sticking points with Spotify Spotify. was how they advertise and I think Spotify won. Yeah, well, interesting. <laughs> $200 million is That's leverage. Right. Leverage. Money behind it. <laughs> uh, look, moving on, end of year, the end of year. Now we're in December. Apple has revealed the most popular podcast of 2022. This is, I guess, on the back of Wrapped to a degree from Spotify. So, look, year-end charts are available to nearly 100 
countries and regions and reflect the most popular podcasts in each local market. This is based on the standard Apple podcast charts, which represent a mix of following, listening, and completion rates. It's always been a little bit of a dark art to what the Apple charts are. Yeah. There's always been an understanding, but not really... Um, a definition of it being a lot of it's built around acceleration. Mm-hmm. So if you have a podcast that had no listens yep, today exactly. and it has a thousand tomorrow, you've accelerated. So that's why you get a lot of new shows jump up to the top of the podcast charts. Yeah, okay. So it's not based on actual long term the number data. of downloads that day. It's yeah. how you've gone from the day before to the day after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it seems to be less driven than Spotify wrapped. But look, let's go through some of the highlights. Yeah, some of the top followed shows. I mean, you know, we've we've heard about some of these. Obviously, we've talked about some of them. We've interviewed some of the people who created these. So, uh, Liar Liar, the true crime one about uh, the missing person, Melissa, Melissa Kadich. Kate McClymont, absolute um, crime porn. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, following up on that sort of similar theme, we've got the Teacher's Trial, which was all about the trial of Chris Dawson off the back of the Teacher's Pet podcast by Hadley Thomas. Yep, and then Shandy's Story, so another one from The Australian. Uh, along with the teacher's trial. The Imperfects make it in there. And um, another sort of news commentary, but really true crime, is Sweet Bobby, which is brilliant if you haven't listened to that. Yeah. There's obviously a few familiar faces as well. Um, our true crime obsession carries through, obviously, with Case File is, is kind of one of the big podcast uh, success stories over the past decade. Um, the other you know, stalwarts like Conversations and No Filter with uh, Mia Friedman. Yeah, the top shows is very seems to be quite static, Yes, Mia Friedman, you're right, Conversations, Hamish and Andy, Australian True Crime, yeah, Shameless, Life Uncut. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's too much movement yeah. around, around that on Apple. It seems to be very sort of stayed listening. Other categories they had were things like shows that gripped us and thrilled us, which is, I guess, that's sort of true crimey podcasts, and then shows that kept us cultured. I mean, I don't know what the definition of that is, but that's quite interesting. No, and I think t- important to note is this is all very curat- curatorially led, um, a lot of these kind of categories that they have are, are of, of their own creation. So I think, you know, as opposed to the Spotify wrapped where it is heavily data influenced, um, some of these still are, you know, the kind of shows that they want to promote, just things that they're interested in, plus, you know, the, the elements that you mentioned before and how they kind of rank these shows and their performance. Yeah. And look, just one that in uh, very sort of, I guess, curatorial categories, shows have got big laughs. It's a podcast we're about to start working with called I've Got Notes. And I've Got Notes is basically two musical comedians, uh, Floyd Alexander Hunt and Gabby Bolt, and they combine their musical expertise to give unsolicited notes to famous musicians. It's, it's a great format. I like it. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you're looking to jump into this, maybe I recommend the John Mayer episode. Yeah, okay, great. It's good fun. The, the final couple of interesting things just on that as well is they've got the they list the top subscriber channels um, as well so it's all of the kind of uh, agencies the, the uh, content firms that make the, all these um, great shows that we listen to uh, so within the subscriber channels we've got the top ones of, of Wondery Case File Presents who we talked about before Hamish and Andy it lists kind of how many shows that they've got running there for the subscription um, options and then the top free channels as well which is, you know, obviously ones that you would recognize, Mamma Mia, Listener, The Australian, SMH, ABC, all of those kind of ones. But then a nice little inclusion of DM Podcasts in there with the 55 shows. Yep, sitting next to New York Times and Serial. So it's a good screenshot to good grab. Good company. Yeah. Okay, this it was a really interesting story and it comes absolutely out of the blue for me. It's IMDb, the Internet Movie Database. <laughs> 
uh, is going to include podcasters. Very cool. Yeah, so they've introduced two new professions on IMDb, which is music artist and podcaster, and they can be set as your primary profession. I mean, this is another step towards legitimacy for podcasting. Definitely. I'm not sure how many people use IMDb. I love it when I'm watching a movie trying to work out who's, what have they been in. Oh, my God. You know, I love – I mean, it's, it's a great companion to watching TV, watching movies. If you're totally. a bit of a nerd like we are about this kind of stuff and um, how it's all made and I guess the through lines of um, the industry and the backside of the industry. Yeah, um, no, I'm addicted to it as a little accompaniment to watching shows, movies, whatever. I love the trivia section in there as well. You get some great little sort of behind-the-scenes stories and you know exposure of little Easter eggs and things like that that just kind of like really made the whole experience a bit more rich. Yeah, and look, getting your credits up on IMDb is a bit of a humble brag for anyone who works in the screen industry. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, it's also key building a list of credentials is really a key element to success in tv and film particularly if you're on the production or the business side so executive producers and financing um, side of the industry yeah so it is also taken quite seriously Uh, i remember the first documentary we did everyone just very keen to make sure that their imdb credits were correct and they were done in a timely manner because you need to build up this um, I guess it's credibility yeah, and everyone actually. and with screen much more than podcasting having credibility and uh, everyone's a bit more risk averse yeah. so having credibility will really help you so being able to say hey I worked on these seven projects in these different capacities you should trust me to deliver these yeah. is a really key thing in that industry so it's it's fantastic this is happening in podcasting alright well make sure you get it yourself properly credited for any work that you're doing should I update yours please do alright now listeners of this podcast will know that Stocks and I are Hardcore NBA fans. Sickos. Yep. So very excited about this one. Uh, NBA is a new partner for a new show, iHeartRadio. Yeah. Look, to quote one of my favorite NBA podcasts, a mismatch. What in the world? Yeah. What in the world are they doing? Um, This is such an incredibly crowded space. There's quality, quantity, diversity of voice. Some of the biggest podcasts in the world are NBA based. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on. So, look, the podcast is hosted by Sarah Kustok, who you may know from NBA Pulse with Sarah Kustok. The format is three-time-per-week podcast will offer an inside look at basketball's biggest news stories from the perspective of the game's most prolific writers and analysts. This feels like a format that there's probably six or seven podcasts I've got that I follow that have this exact format. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it's worth mentioning that she works for the Brooklyn Nets as well. I mean, take that, you know, however you want. But, but she's working for a team. Yeah. So has got a perspective. Yeah. It's definitely going to be biased because she's around that team. Yeah. I'm not saying in, in terms of the points of view, she's just going to have more access to Brooklyn players. Absolutely. Management journalists Stories. and the teams that are coming through where Brooklyn's playing. Yeah. It's quite weird in the kind of world, as you said, it's, it's totally saturated. A lot of these podcasts, because, you know, America is such a huge place, each of these teams bring with it a really heavy audience as well. So there's a ton of like team-based shows as well. I listen to one called The Rights for Ricky Sanchez, which is all about the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this is some diehard shit. So you've really got to just find your kind of place amongst all of that. And is this the right move for the NBA? I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but it's certainly interesting that they didn't sort of go down the route of getting a player or current players, given that they are the NBA. They have access like no other organization to the talent within the the actual player talent pool. Yep, and involving the NBA means it can't be red hot. You're mm. not going to get like up in smoke with um, two ex-players who are quite controversial players. It's Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. I mean, they go, A, they, they talk with splits in their mouths. <laughs> 
uh, hence the title, Up in Smoke. But they give red hot opinions yeah. and they're both speaking pretty freely. I think that might change a little bit now that uh, Matt Barnes is getting more work with more NBA broadcasters. Yep. The same thing you had with Road Tripping, which is two NBA players who were actually playing, Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson. They did this incredible podcast that broke through when they were sitting on the bench, basically, of the world champion Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. And that podcast then has launched a career for Richard Jefferson, now calls games yeah. for ESPN. Yeah. Um, on the journalist side, which is where they're going here, is something like The Low Post, which is Zach Lowe, and he's ESPN journalist. But they're able to – A, he can talk to everyone. Mm-hmm. He does a outstanding written column each week, very good on Twitter. But he also goes on a lot of ESPN properties where he's able to go on to shows like The Jump and – become this huge yeah. NBA figure which helps the podcast grow. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what levers the NBA could pull, but I'm wondering where this came from. Did this come from the NBA going, we've got to get into the podcast space? Or did it come from iHeart going, hey, we've got some sort of exclusive deal or we've set up some deal with the NBA. This is going to be worth what can we fit a into mid. This? Hey, this is the show we've got. Yeah, I went to listen to it last night. It's not actually launched. There's only the trailer. Um, we're what eight weeks into the NBA season. I yeah, figure now's the time. Like, yeah, maybe they're getting ready for the free free uh, trade season for the. Yeah, get this show live. Let's have a listen. Let's see what it's got. But I just don't see what it can be offering as a unique selling point over what is a very crowded marketplace with a lot of top quality shows. Yeah, well, more to come though. Yeah, all the best. All right, and just a little bit of data to get us out of here, really. Edison Podcast Metrics have released the Q3 2022 Top 10 Podcast Networks in the US. SXM Media is number one. That's Sirius Radio. Is yep. Uh, Spotify is number two. iHeart Radio is number three. Audio Boom is number four. NPR is five. Wondery, Audible, Amazon Music is all one thing. Number six. New York Times, seven. So within the top 10, the biggest jump goes um, in rank goes to the Wondery, Audible, Amazon triumphant. Helped along probably by shows like Smartless. Yeah, they're up two positions and they've acquired some major shows like Morbid, My Favourite Murder. So they're making some moves. So they've basically jumped up by acquisition of show, not necessarily by growing audience. Yeah. Um, look, the Matt, this is an interesting ranker because it measures reach as a percentage of the weekly podcasting audience. So the rankings are compiled by measuring the total unduplicated reach of all shows represented by the given network. Listening is credited to the producer and or the network that represents the advertising for the show, not the platform or the app. So this is an advertising-based thing. Look, it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. But again, this comes back to these sort of rankers being all over the place. Yeah, that's right. There's no sort of like centralized structure. They all seem to just be vying for the kind of supremacy on, on, you know, who owns the ranking as well. I mean, there's obviously a lot of kind of eyeballs that come with that sort of a rank too. So no doubt people will be trying to come up with their own unique lists and and ways that they can kind of get people across their their organization. But look, one interesting one to keep an eye on and we'll try and track on this one each quarter and just see see what happens. Mm. Now, this is an interesting one. Competition is changing. There were fewer new podcasts in 2022. So this year, keeping with our end of year theme, the number of new podcasts is down from what I guess were crazed pandemic levels. So as of early December, Listen Notes shows fewer than 200,000 new titles in 2022. That's the lowest number since 2018. Yeah, okay. I mean, really interesting, certainly because there's the, the time pre-pandemic, there's the pandemic time in there also and, and obviously on the back end of it now. So there's always, you know, the, the the talk about the amount of podcasts that are out there. There is zero barrier to entry. Anyone can get up and do them at any time. But it, it shows maybe again that this is like the next sort of step of maturity, like 
the, the quality of programming out there is probably such that maybe that barrier is more of a psychological one now. It's a bit more like, okay, well, how am I going to break through, you know, a lot of the, what's out there already? If you're, if you're sort of looking to do a podcast and have some great success or, or you know, mediocre or whatever mm. sort of metric you're going to judge your success on, it seems like maybe there is sort of just a, a little bit of a reluctance to create. But Yep, or just a consolidation in the marketplace as well. Yeah. People being a bit more sensible about, uh, we're not just going to grab a microphone and just let rip. Let's actually come up with a plan and let's be serious about this. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, we talked about that earlier in the year with Gimlet uh, cancelling a few shows and things like that. So even really well-established brands in the podcast space are, as you said, just thinking a bit further about what they're putting their money into and, and what they're kind of promoting. So, you know, it can come from all ranges of the spectrum within that sort of podcasting community. Yeah, it's interesting it's gone down to below 2019. Well, maybe people are just wanting to get out a bit more after being locked inside for two years. Absolutely, yeah. Well, on that note, hopefully podcasting isn't dead and we might be back for another week next week. But yeah, some interesting news to come out of that one. Uh, I'm calling it. Podcasting is dead. It's going backwards. (laughs) We're out. Show's over. Okay, bye-bye.